The 2023 Utah football schedule has officially been released. What are the biggest takeaways and questions we have about the Utes 2023 schedule? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, I want to thank you guys for helping us reach 885 subscribers. Can't thank you guys enough for your support. We'd love to interact with you guys on social media. You can follow the show at Locked On News or hit me up on my personal Twitter at JT Wistersill and in the YouTube comments. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. On today's show, we'll be diving into all things Utah schedule. The 2023 schedule was officially released on the Pac-12 Network earlier today. And in order to help us break down the schedule in all of its glory, it's ESPN 700's Porter Larson. And Porter schedule release is always an exciting time whenever you're looking forward to seeing how the season is going to shake out. And this season, there's a lot of tough games for this Utah football team. We knew that coming in. So I was very curious to see how it shaped out. I think my biggest takeaway is I personally, I actually really like the way the schedule falls in this regard. I think you get a lot of situations where if you're looking at just the schedule in general, you start out with Florida and Baylor, right? Those are two, I think, going to be tough games. Then you get Weber State. Very well, game Utah's going to win. <laughs> then you get UCLA and or going to Oregon State. Then you get the bye, but you come off the bye with Cal. So you get two tough games followed by one of the easier games on Utah's schedule. And that kind of continues throughout the whole trend, even going forward. USC, Oregon, very tough stretch. Arizona State at home, first year for Kenny Dillingham down there. Another one I feel confident about the Utes for. Then you look at the season ends, Washington at Arizona. That's going to be a lot tougher of a trip than the last time the Utes traveled out to Tucson. And then the final game against Colorado. There's going to be a lot of time to talk about Colorado. Um, I think everyone's seen the videos this week. I just think the Buffs continue to paint like the biggest target on themselves coming into this season with all the hype that's around Dion and everything like that. So I feel good about that one for the Utes too. So I really do think it's nice that Utah doesn't have like a stretch where it's, let's say if you had flopped like the Oregon State game where it was Oregon State, USC, and Oregon. Those are three really tough games right in a row. I do like that I feel like each one isn't one that's going to come down to the final five minutes of the fourth quarter, I feel like. Yeah, if you if you look at the schedule from the standpoint you were just talking about, JT, there's not one of those. Remember, if we go back to to, to this season, there was that four week stretch where Utah faced. I think every team was top fifteen, right? Yeah, it was a month. It was a month in a row where it was uh, it was it was UCLA early on, right, and then finished up with that 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 USC game, and that's that's a gauntlet. Now there's not one of those three four week stretches built into this schedule. But you're playing like 10 power five teams. Uh-huh. I mean, you go through the schedule, Florida, Baylor, UCLA, Oregon State, Cal, USC, Oregon, Arizona State, Washington, Arizona, Colorado. Regardless of how it's built, going through a nine-game conference schedule uh-huh. and adding two power five teams on top of it, two power five teams that are – it's not, you know – nobody's it's Baylor in in Florida one of them on the road Mm -hmm. I I mean this is a this is a really tough schedule this may be the 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 most stacked uh top to bottom schedule that Utah's ever had even considering you know you have a a Weber State game in there now Mm -hmm. how it ends I like that Arizona Colorado I think those are those are two games that Utah if they're in say that title picture those are two games they can go out and finish with with wins on but 
top to bottom, man, it's uh, it's going to be tough. That's, that's a gauntlet. And when we look at it, the the way that scheduling is done in college football right now, it's kind of the it's kind of antithetical to what a lot of teams do and what a lot of teams are trying to do. You know, they they a lot of times ease it up and then get into conference play. And you know, in the SEC, conference play is ridiculous. So uh, I understand that a little bit. But so that's why you throw the Citadel in week sixteen, week uh, twelve, or whatever. <laughs> right. This is not that. Yes. And for Utah. Um, I don't know that it's ideal in the last year of this current college football structure, right? I mm-hmm. think going forward, this is the kind of schedule you want because you yeah. win a championship, you're in the playoff regardless, right? It doesn't matter. This is the kind of schedule you should mm-hmm. be building 2026, 2027, on and on and on. This is what it should look like because you want to be, bring in the revenue generators, you want to bring in the, the big names, and you want to get eyes on your program. In this, the final year of the four-team playoff, and in a year where you may mm-hmm. have a team with playoff potential, ugh, I don't know that this is ideal. Just, just from the from the first glance. I think you are 100% correct. This is the kind of year where you wish you were playing a San Diego State. As much as as a fan, I am more excited about the Baylor game than I am a San Diego State fan. But as just someone who's like, what's in the best interest of the Utah football program? It would be to play a San Diego State rather than go to Waco and take on Baylor. That's an incredibly tough game. And it's a, like you said, it's a loaded conference schedule. That's why when I was talking about the breaks, it just there's no stretch either where, yes, the Arizona-Colorado schedule, stretch is very favorable, but you look at the one stretch where you were able to play Washington state, Arizona and Stanford last season, that was felt like it was kind of a nice break for this Utah team before they really had to get ready and gear up again for the Oregon game. It's what allowed them to really be without cam for full strength and win those games. If cam gets hurt in pretty much any of these stretches, Utah is going to be in a lot of trouble. And actually we got some cam health updates. We're going to address at the very end of the show today, but first look, just looking at the schedule, what to you is the most, the key part of the schedule schedule to me, I look at the USC Oregon, Arizona State, and then Washington. I mentioned the Arizona State being in there is kind of the nice thing where it's like, okay, that's one I feel very good about. But man, those other that other those other couple games right there going to USC, you know the Trojans after back to back losses to Utah last season, they're going to be fired up. Oregon coming to Rice Eccles Stadium, that's going to be a grind out one, especially the last time what happened when Oregon came to Rice Eccles Stadium. We know what happened there, and then going up to Washington, we didn't have to play Michael Penix in this revamped team last year, and that is going to be a really tough stretch for this Utah football team. And I think if they go two and two in it, it's still a good thing. Three and one would be incredible, undefeated. I mean, perfect world. That would be amazing, but I mean, that's just going to be a very difficult stretch for this Utah football team. And I think the one I look at the most and I'm like, that's going to really define who this team is going to be because it's late in the season too. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, it's, I guess, similar timing to years past. It's that mid October Mm -hmm. into early November where for Utah, it's going to decide the season because for me, JT, Florida and Baylor, you know, for Utah, I think those are two teams you, you can beat. But you can also afford to split it, right? If, yep. if you're in your non-conference, uh, similarly to what we've seen the last couple of years, uh, Utah lost out-of-conference football games and then ended up winning the Pac-12 and getting yep. to the Rose Bowl. Now, if you want to make a playoff run, probably got to beat Florida and Baylor, right, to, to start mm-hmm. off the year. And then I think you have a, a really good chance at running a few conference wins together. You get the, the I guess, the little primer with Weber State. Yep. You kick off conference play uh, versus UCLA in Rice Cycle Stadium. Mm-hmm. I I think UCLA, I've liked what they've done. 
Uh, I've actually been pretty impressed with Chip Kelly over the last two years Mm -hmm. and how that has been a build. Replacing Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I think, is going to give them a step back, at least early in the year. Getting them early is good, right? Because I I do think they have a good roster, but filling out a new quarterback is something that takes some time. So a a first-year starter, whoever that may be, coming into Salt Lake on Pac-12 opening weekend, I think that bodes well for the youths. And then it's Oregon State, Cal. Jonathan Smith, is he's got that thing rolling. Uh, yeah. you know, Friday with, night. With new quarterback. That's a Friday night game, as you mentioned. I am actually just noticing that. Um, that's that's one of those weird ones, right, mm-hmm. where uh, in Corvallis at Reeser Stadium, uh, that's going to be a tough football game. And, and to, to your point, on a on a Friday night, probably on FS1 or something, yeah, uh, it'll be a it'll be a tough one. But then you get Cal, and then the stretch that we talked about it's it's USC, Oregon, Arizona State, and Washington, and that's the month long stretch that that really does, in my opinion, decide Utah's fate because they can go with the teams that that, that we're seeing. That's anywhere from yeah, like you said, three and one, four and zero oh, to one and three. Yeah, uh, all realistic scenarios in that situation. And then I, I do think that Arizona, Colorado improved, but not improved enough to, yes. to take out the, the, the reigning Pac-12 champs with all of this returning talent. So for Utah, that's kind of the quick summary of the schedule, right? And, and what we'll see coming up in, in, in the fall, I think you, sh- you should still be optimistic. I think this is still right. very much a Pac-12 contending team. Uh-huh. But it's really hard to, for me, prognosticate a, a CFP run or something when you play 11 Power 5 teams, right? That's that's tough, but we'll see. 100%. The schedule doesn't – it's not as easy as the schedule last year. That's what we're basically talking about in this. It was – one of the things that was encouraging for – look, there was so much hype around USC with Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams. Them coming to Rice-Eccles Stadium, I think, is what gave Utah fans a lot of confidence, and we saw with the way that game played out, too. It was nice to have the home crowd advantage, especially late in that game when the USC offense needed that final drive, and that stadium was just going absolutely bonkers after Cam and ran in that two-point conversion, which you got a great shot of two-porter. You're right in the middle of the action on that one. But, um, yeah, it's going to be – it's going to be really interesting to see for this Utah football team because it is it's a really tough schedule it's one that look last year I was someone talking about I had like I, th- I thought this team had a path to the college football playoff I have a lot harder time seeing that because if you lose two games look Alabama almost found a way to squeeze in with two losses but I still think in the 14 playoff this is not realistic and I think only looking at this Utah team as if they look if they're somehow able to be a one loss conference champion team I think that would be incredible and find themselves in there especially surviving this gauntlet just going to be really tough to do so. So it'll be interesting to see how the schedule plays out for the Utes. We're going to come back in a moment and talk about a couple more of the questions and just takeaways we have from the Utah football schedule in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football, the playoffs heating up, college basketball, the NBA, NHL, it's all available at BetOnline.net. They also have sports podcasts, and they're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info in. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. 
All right, Porter, got a couple scheduled questions for you. We're going to bounce them off each other. The game you're most excited for, for me, it's that one at Washington. I think this is the one where Michael Penix, what they've been building up there these last few years, Washington, I think it's going to be a really tough game for the Utes. Last time Utah was out there, it was a lot of fun. Tyler Huntley leading the Utes to victory against the Huskies in that one. I think this one too, especially the date, November 11th, so late in the season, I think there could be a ton on the line. I think this will be a matchup between two top 20 teams. We'll see if it's top 215 just because of how hard the schedule is but i think it's going to be an absolute sensational battle and i'm really looking forward to seeing cam rising and michael Penix face off yeah no i'm with you on that one i think i think that's the game you circle right it was usc this year with with lincoln riley and caleb williams coming in uh i think that was that was kind of the the game especially welcoming them to salt lake right mm-hmm. i think a lot of folk, uh, fans were were really excited for that one this year with big picture goals in mind i do look at that washington game is as the the marquee matchup, right? That being said, I'm just as excited for both UCLA coming yep. in and USC, possibly the last time you play in, in conference play in the Coliseum. I'm going to try and make it to that game because it's, yeah. it's genuinely uh, what I think was kind of a burgeoning rivalry, a really fun mm-hmm. back and forth between USC and Utah, which is now going to get axed. Uh, so I'm going to go to that last one. I think I'm going to try and make it out to the Coliseum. And, and I think that should be a, a fun matchup and USC, uh, USC, UCLA should be good again as well. So, uh, what was formerly known as the PAC 12 South, uh, has, has some intriguing matchups this year. And, and I'm excited for those two as UCLA, USC out of the PAC 12, kind of a, a different narrative around those two matchups than, than usual. Very much so. And you're right. It, it, the rivalry between USC and Utah was something that was so much fun. And it felt like the birth of something that in a normal Pac-12 future, as in USC is going to be here, would right. be something special to look forward to. Unfortunately, it's only a little bit of a two-year rivalry. So it'll be fun to see how that one concludes. And you never know. Maybe they end up back in the Pac-12 championship game again in 2023. Next one, under the radar tough game. We You touched on this one a little bit already, Porter. But I still think when you see Florida, Baylor, UCLA, Oregon, USC, Washington, I still think a lot of people, especially more nationally, will overlook that Oregon State game. I just think when you talk about what the Beavs did, of course, they were the one true loss that the 2021 Pac-12 championship version of Utah had, right? Because those other two losses came with Charlie Brewer at quarterback. Those That was the one loss with Cam Rising in at quarterback that time around, the last time you went up to Oregon State. New stadium going to be up for the Beavs this year. That went on a Friday night, too. So a little bit of a shorter week. I think that's the underrated one I look at. Like That's going to be really tough to gut one out against DJ Uyunglele. Yeah, and you know, you add that quarterback to the mix. Uh, DJ's a talented guy. We we didn't mm-hmm. necessarily see. Uh, I think we saw spurts of it, right? I I think it was a little yeah. inconsistent. Is why there's a lot of question marks around him. But with Jonathan Smith, a former quarterback, I, I'm actually pretty optimistic about what he might be able to do with DJ. And yes. you know, the the offenses that we saw him run and the the quarterback friendly scheme that Jonathan Smith runs. Uh, I think you could see a little bit of a breakout year. Now, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying they're going to go out and win the conference, but you face them on a Friday night in Corvallis, they're going to bring it. And mm-hmm. if they're healthy, uh, I think that's a really, really tough football game. And, uh, I mean, we go back to when they beat Oregon, right, in that comeback game. They didn't throw the football one time I know. <laughs> in the second half. Unbelievable. So they don't really need crazy quarterback play. They need to hit him to come in here buy into Jonathan Smith's system, 
and just make the throws, right? Just just go through the 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 offense and and I think he's capable of that. And then, you know, he he's also athletic and, and dynamic enough to to make some plays off the cuff, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's huge for Oregon State. That's something they've never had. And uh yeah, so I think that's that's probably the the tough one you look at, you get Arizona state at home, you get Oregon at home, you get Colorado at home. And we don't know what to expect from Colorado. The reason I will say, look at that one is mm-hmm. because it's late in the year. Yeah. I think Dion, I, I think coach prime, the, the TV cameras, I think everything's going to be maybe a, a little much early on. And I think Colorado's going to struggle, but I really do think that with the talent he's bringing in by the end of the year, there'll be at least a semblance of a Pac-12 football team, which they weren't last year. I think mm-hmm. that's what that's what Dion will bring. And for that reason, I think the final game of the year, it kind of brings shades of uh, early Pac-12 days against Colorado when yep. you know you maybe have a chance at a Pac-12 championship last season or last game of the year. Hopefully you can avoid that kind of scenario. Uh, but for those reasons and for sp- simply – Colorado having twice as much talent as they've had in the last two, three years. I say keep an eye on that one and maybe just keep an eye on what Colorado is doing and how they're build, building as the year goes along. Yeah, it is going to be interesting to see how that team kind of stays together through everything like that. They're obviously um, working on just standing up in attention well, at, at one time. And for all of you saw those videos earlier they this don't. week, I know. <laughs> Oh, I thought someone had a perfect tweet of like, if you ever wondered why college coaches don't work in the NFL, I was like, yep, that is absolutely true right there. Um, Next one, the game Utah needs to win. For me, it's the Oregon game. I just think when you look at how tough the overall schedule is on the season, there's so many difficult road games. You mentioned early on, like the Baylor game on the road. That's one I feel like this team can't afford to lose because you look at it's on the road against a Big 12 opponent that should still, that should be in for a much better year than they just had most recently. They ended up finishing six and six actually overall, but you look at going to USC, going to Oregon State, going to Washington. I think winning at home against Oregon, I think, is the one I look at. Like, if this team wants to repeat as Pac-12 champions and they need to beat some of these elite teams to do so, you got to get that Oregon one at home. Well, you haven't lost at home in uh, a while. So, Mm -hmm. for Utah, especially considering the schedule, you got to go undefeated at home again if you want to win the Pac-12. Because those road games... Uh, as you mentioned, you're at Arizona, you're at Washington, you're at USC, at Oregon State, at Baylor. Yeah, you might be able to drop one or two of those. But mm-hmm. if that's the case and you still want to get to the Pac-12 championship, maybe get back to a Rose Bowl or uh, bigger aspirations, you can't lose at home. You can't mm-hmm. lose any of those home games. So for Utah, it's, it's going to be another year where your big goals are – they're gone if you yep. see your team lose in Salt Lake City. And that's that's going to be hard to 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 change with how the schedule is built out, I believe. But uh, history indicates that they have a good shot at doing that. It absolutely does. And it's going to be interesting to see because they will get tested a few times this year. Um, but I love the point you made earlier too. talk about what a great time it is to get UCLA at. Um, Oregon getting them on October 28th, not as I as ideal, but although any point you play Oregon the season was always going to be a difficult game. So it will be interesting to see how it shakes out. Last one, which non-conference game are you most excited about? I think we mentioned it. It's one the Utes can afford Weaver to lose. State. But oh we've yeah. 
for all the future yeah all the get all the red shirt guys in the future of the program um that's or that's the one i guess everyone gets to go home and uh beat the traffic a little bit earlier um man could you imagine if weber somehow and then you get press clippings of this anyways um the baylor game for me is the one that i look at that i am so excited about to see for this team it's not one that utah needs to win but i just think when you look at last year prime time against against down in florida with that loss kind of sucked the air out of this team a little bit i think it gave a lot of the national just media and some of the fans and things like that like just kind of reason just to be like oh utah like pac 12 is not serious yada 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 i would love to see the youths go in and really put it on baylor and i think they can do it it's going to be really tough to do it going down to waco it's a very physical team dave arand is a heck of a football coach but i think they can do it especially with guys like cam rising and brant keithy coming back who should be on track to play early in the season. We're going to talk about Cam's health a little bit more, but that Baylor one is definitely the one I'm excited about. But, the, hey, the Florida one's going to be a lot of fun too. And just to be clear, all love to our friends at Weber State. Yes. You know, yeah. yeah. They're getting that payday on, on September 16th. Mm-hmm. And I am actually excited to to see a different, different squad. Jay Hill mm-hmm. taking the job at BYU. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm familiar. I know Mickey mental pretty well. So I'm excited to see what he does with Weber state yeah. in that, uh, that rebuild, but I'm going to go with you. I'm going to, I'm going to say Baylor as well. Yeah. Florida coming into Salt Lake is cool. I mean, that's, that's a, I think the furthest West Florida has been in like 30 years or something. Right. Oh. It, at least for an out of conference regular yeah, season. Wow. Now, they played bowls. Yeah. I think, I think they played postseason games out here before, but, as far as that goes, that's that's as far west as Florida's gone. I think as far west as SEC teams really go. So that's that's really fun, and that's one I'm I'm going to be looking forward to. But Baylor's fresh. It's yep. in Waco. It's it's down there in Texas. If you're playing college football in Texas, it's a big deal. <laughs> so I, I think that should be fun, and I, I think that's probably a team that's going to be better than Florida yep. will be next year. So, um, but for those reasons, I, I say Baylor as well. But don't sleep on the Wildcats and Florida yep. will too. Absolutely. I still remember that uh, the rain delay game a couple of years ago when uh, they scored that they scored the kickoff and that Utah had to go into the locker room for about 40 minutes sitting yeah. down to Weaver and you could just tell they were just stewing. <laughs> so it'll be fun to see how all those shake out. And it is a really exciting schedule and we'll be breaking it down a lot more here at Lockdown Utes because as exciting as it is when the schedule comes, it's also that reminder of, oh, we have to wait till, well, potentially August or September all the way August out there. Universe. Yeah, August I know there's some you think what's I, I'm pretty sure that game's going to be on, on the on the Thursday. Personally, I like it just in standpoint of look, not only is it sooner we get a game, I think it's I think some people want it to be a Saturday as in the spotlight this team more, but it's more time to prep for the Baylor game head down there. This team has already this much time to prepare for Florida. I like the game being on Thursday and I think it'll get even more coverage because people, especially when August rolls around, people are just foaming at the mouth for college football. Yeah. And I, I understand from a fan perspective, right? It's, mm-hmm. You want your day off, your Saturday to yeah. to be a football game. Like that's your that's your to go tailgate. Yep, that's your tradition. I, I get that. From my perspective, <laughs> it takes a week off the work week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it gives us a game on a Thursday, which we wouldn't have had before. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, it gives you nine days of rest leading up to a game in Waco that I think is actually really beneficial for Utah. So it's not set in stone yet. What I'm hearing is August 31st, but okay. uh, we should know, I think, probably in the next few weeks. 
be great to get the official word. And like I said, I'm totally with you. Hopefully we do get that on the 31st because then we can adjust our countdown a little bit to Utah football as well. We're going to come back in a moment and talk about one of the key essential elements to this Utah football season being Cam Rising in a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. You've got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolutions. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And there's only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein packed in each Built Bar. You can go to your local Sam's Club or even Smith's and cash in on some Built Bars today or just order your yours at built.com once again they're available at smith's and sam's club all the great flavors you love available with built bar so delicious and good for you all right porter coming in to close this one out cam rising we have been waiting kind of trying to wonder what his health is going to be not shockingly um kyle whittingham he gave a little bit of an update in the piece uh done by the athletic but still wouldn't reveal what the injury was not surprisingly he said that it is a lower leg injury he's not going to play in the spring i don't think that's surprising to anyone but he anticipates him being back for that game against the season opener against florida i think that is huge news and look everything the confidence we've been talking about with this schedule hinges on the health of cam rising as much as i love nate johnson and want to see him get the reins this is a tough year to roll with a guy who has only thrown one collegiate pass in nate johnson with you got this loaded of a schedule so i think cam's health is essential and i think it's a very positive sign that we're hearing he should be back by the time the florida game rolls around yeah jt there's only a handful of teams in the country and usually not even in the nfl that have the privilege of having more than one starting quarterback that can have them reach their ceiling. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's true for Utah too. Um, I, you know, I think that you have some serviceable guys behind Mm -hmm. center, but as we saw with, with Bryson Barnes, who I think is great, right? I I think Bryson is one of those guys you can throw in there. He can run the offense. He can, he can get everyone in position, uh, pre-snap stuff he's comfortable with, and he can go out and get you a win in Pullman in the middle of the season. That's not reaching your ceiling. That's not reaching the college football playoff or the Rose Bowl or winning in the Rose Bowl or, you know, being productive throughout a multi-game stretch. If Cam goes down, so do your expectations. So do your goals. It's just the reality. Uh And for Utah, I do think that you have to find that number two guy. You have to be really confident in that number two guy so that if a time like the, the Pullman game last year comes about, Maybe you can squeak by, right? But if it's something that that keeps him out for a long timetable, it's just the reality of having one of the better quarterbacks in the conference, one of the better quarterbacks in the country. Mm -hmm. You're going to take a dip. Now, Utah's defense is going to be really good. Yes. They were young this year Mm -hmm. and still really good. That's a defense that I think I told you on this podcast before, even in what we call a down year, they were top 25 in the country. I think, yeah, I, still told the you, conference. I think I told you on this podcast a, a few times ago, mark my words, they're going to be a top five defense in the country in two or three years. Maybe. That's, yeah, that's true. I, I genuinely believe that with the personnel they're bringing in, with the, the, the classes they're bringing in, with the return missionaries they're bringing in, they're mm-hmm. going to be really good. So I do think there's a little bit more margin for error for Utah offensively coming up in the next season or two. 
but it still doesn't give you the the privilege or the ability to lose your your starting quarterback. And for Cam, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's about being ready day one. You can't you can't run a second stringer out there. I don't care who it is. I don't care yeah. if you bring in a I don't care if you bring in a proven transfer portal guy. Mm-hmm. He's not going to come in here and 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 learn this system and then go kick off against Florida with with yes. Texas. It's got to be Cam under center, and it's got to be Cam most of the season, or you have to adjust your expectations. And yeah, I I think Kyle spoke to it was Chris Comrani of the Athletic. Yep. Uh, about Cam status, Kyle never gives much on injuries. No. Cam has the big one. It's the uh, ligament that goes on non-contact injuries most of the time. I know everyone already knows this, but yes. he's recovering from that. Timetable usually seven plus months, and you know, close to nine sometimes. And yeah. with with the advancements of of where we've been in the last couple of years, uh, I, I think the the timetable is closer to six to eight months. I think Cam's going to be ready-ish for fall camp, right? And mm. you know, he'll be able to to move around. He'll be able to, he won't be going through a lot of live anything, but he'll be able to throw. He'll be able to move around. He'll be able to do a lot of the the install stuff with with guys. And I, I think Utah should be confident in him being ready. August 31st. I mean, that's a long time away, right? We got a lot of time, uh, eight months plus to to lead up to that. And I've seen Cam rehab from injuries before. Uh, I've seen and worked with Cam a little bit in off seasons before while he's rehabbing injuries. So I know the focus. I know the the work that he puts in. I know how dedicated he is, not just to being good at throwing footballs and, and playing the game, but to being available and being healthy. That's something that it's actually been interesting to watch the evolution of that with Cam because he came in from Texas being how he is now, right? He's the guy in the locker room that's funny, happy-go-lucky, and yep. just wants to go out there and ball. And everything yes. else was – was it wasn't that it wasn't important, mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily top of mind, right? Yes. Cam, very free-willing, very free-spirited guy, still – he has come a long way in how he approaches his body. If you look, you can see when he came into the to the program to now, he's a different guy, like built-wise, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And he still wears the flak jacket that makes him look a little chubby. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that anymore. Mm-hmm. Cam's, Cam's built now. So um, he's changed his body. He's gotten to a point where he's, he's able to withstand injuries more. He's gotten to a point where it, obviously those ones on, on the non-contact injuries, those are – those are ones that happen, right? Sometimes it just, it's just the way it goes in this sport. But uh, I'm confident that Cam's progressed enough as a player, as a as a person, that he'll he'll approach this uh, this rehab with as much focus, as much drive as he approaches football. And in this next eight months, I unless there's like genuine uh, obstacles, genuine setbacks, yeah. I, I think Cam will be ready before. Uh, before kickoff and then for for kickoff against Florida. It's a risky business to doubt Cam Rising, and I'm totally with you, Porter. I think, and Utah fans are going to love hearing what you just talked about, too. I fully expect him to be ready to go as well. It's going to be fun to see what Cam's able to do when he takes the field on August 31st. Fingers crossed we'll speak it into existence. Speaking of speaking about Utah football, Porter, I think you do a little bit of that on a certain network. I do, uh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, behind me right here, Spence and Bill are on air in the other room. 
uh, two to six. If you want to hear Spence's show daily during the football season, during Utah broadcasts, I am on uh, for two hours before kickoff. And uh, yeah, talking football on the Twitter handle right there below me. And uh, we go from there. It's basically I do radio, talk about sports. I go home, I watch sports, tweet about sports, and it's all there. This is the way. It is the way. This is the business we've chosen, JT. 100%. He's at Lars underscore ESPN. Make sure you guys listen to ESPN 700 to catch all of Porter Larson's great content. Also, if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out Locked On College Basketball. They have big interviews with the biggest coaches, experts, insiders, and players all available there. And they're just talking about the biggest games all around the college basketball landscape. You can find that on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Big thanks to Porter for joining us once again. That's going to do it for today's Locked On News. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow we'll be breaking down the schedule game by game and predicting who is going to come out with a win in each of the Utes games have a good one